Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Over the next 20 minutes, our goal is to dig deeper into the themes and topics of the most recent Sunday teaching. We'll look to tackle some of the challenging kinds of questions that you may be thinking as you heard the message but didn't get the opportunity to ask the teacher at the time. This podcast works in conjunction with our weekly Beyond the Sermon devotional. If you don't receive those already, you can sign up using the link in our podcast show notes. So whatever you're doing right now, at the gym, driving, folding laundry, whatever it might be, we invite you to listen in as together we go Beyond the Sermon. Well, welcome everyone. My name is Will Heron. I'm the Director of Discipleship at The Ridge, and I'm also your host for Beyond the Sermon. And with me today, I have Ridge Lead Pastor Mike Van Rees. Mike, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Will. Looking forward to it. Yes, good to have you. Always enjoy these conversations with you. Uh, This past Sunday, you had us back in Acts. We're looking at chapter 17, verses 16 to 34. And here we find Paul. He's in Athens, and he is sharing about Jesus and a culture that is full of idols and gods, uh, not unlike our present day, really, you could say. They may, the idols maybe just look a little different, but uh, it's just really interesting to see how Paul approaches communicating the gospel to this crowd, and you impact much of that in your message. So, uh, folks, if you haven't listened to the message yet, go ahead and do that. It's on the same podcast feed as this podcast episode. But in our episode today, Mike, uh, there's a few things that I, I just wanted to revisit uh, from your sermon. And first of all, it was one where you mentioned two types of revelation. So there was special revelation and general revelation. These are ways that God has revealed himself. Uh, could you just take a moment just to give us a quick reminder on, on what those are? Yeah, uh, special revelation is, refers to specific ways that God reveals himself to people. And special revelation uses extraordinary ways. Um, example of special revelation would be Paul's vision on the Damascus Road, the burning bush for Moses. Right. Today, we'd consider the Bible. You say that that is a special revelation that's been made available to us. Uh, general revelation uh, refers to how God has rever- revealed himself through all creation. And so general revelation is something that's available to everybody. If you don't have a Bible, if you've never heard the name Jesus, well, there's still a way that we can know God, and that's through how he's revealed himself to us through creation. So Acts 17 is really a fascinating chapter in the Bible, because what we see is Paul's approach. He's telling people about Jesus throughout the book of Acts, and we see something different in Acts chapter 17. Most of what we've seen through Acts, pretty much every town that he's gone to, his usual strategy was to go to the the Jewish community. And then he would use the Old Testament and use the Old Testament to show Jesus is the Messiah who was prophesied back in the Old Testament. Well, he doesn't do that when we get to chapter 17 and he gets to Athens, which is really just kind of fun to be able to see. He has a very different approach. And so we see he contextualizes how he communicates Jesus with people. In chapter 17, he's in Athens, and Athens is a very different context. He's not in a Jewish community. He's in a place where it's an intellectual community. People who don't believe the Old Testament, that they don't buy the, have, buy the Bible. And so what he does, he leans into general revelation. Mm. He doesn't bring out the Old Testament because they're, they're, they're not going to go for that. He goes into general revelation. And I think that there's so many... Um, 
practical applications for us, especially as followers of Jesus, I think our tendency in communicating with other people is just to use the Bible. Hey, I got this verse. Bible tells us this. And there's tremendous value in the Bible. We talked about that last week. Um, We can quote a lot of verses, but the thing that's going to be an issue is if people aren't followers of Jesus, the Bible isn't going to mean much to people outside of the faith. They don't see it as authoritative. They don't see it as God's word. And so what we see here from Paul is he's saying, hey, there are other ways to be able to communicate with people who don't believe that the Bible is special revelation. And as our culture drifts further and further and further away from Christianity, I think it becomes increasingly important for us to be able to learn ways how we can lean in to general revelation. Yeah, I think that's it's really, really helpful, Mike. Uh, and yeah, especially as we're thinking about what it means to share faith in, in 2023 and in the culture that we're in, uh, where, as you say, really the authority of the Bible and authority in, in general, I think, is, you know, come into question. And one of the ways in which I've approached this, Mike, is actually in a class that we've been doing over the last year. Uh, so we've got uh, we've done two episodes in the story behind the story. We've got another one coming up in May. <laughs> but in our last class, we, we we talked about using stories as a beginning for conversation about faith. And the stories that we were talking about were really your your modern fare of Marvel superhero mm-hmm. movies um, or romance movies, you know, Hallmark and like all these. And looking at stories and realizing that actually so many of them have biblical roots. So you look at all the, you know, the sacrificial figures over the course of uh, movies, you know, whether it's Tony Stark and uh, the Avengers or Harry Potter or like uh, Neo in the Matrix or all these things. And it's a great starting point of asking, like, what is it about people laying down their life to save the whole world? You know, what is it about that that resonates and why does it resonate with us? And I think one of the ways in which God reveals himself is actually through those stories people write these stories maybe not thinking about that but we're drawn to it because that's the very heart of god and it's the picture of jesus and so again i mean if people are listening and they want to know more about that feel free to jump in in the class in may we've got a registration link on our website but i i feel like that's a good example of using something that's maybe not it's not the bible but it's a starting point uh, to explore a way in which God has revealed himself. And Will, uh, just a, a personal question. I know you're a huge Jurassic Park fan. Yes. Are you, are you finding a way to work that into the class? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I actually am. In in this third okay. and final episode of the, the class, we're actually going to talk about power and taking control uh, in stories and how that's quite a common theme of people trying to take almost God-like power and Mike, when you look at the Bible, you know, from Eden, Israelites, even in the early church, that is one of the main themes is us looking to take control, basically, and step into that God-like place. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more examples in that than just Jurassic Park. Uh, but 
Yeah. It is one of the ways that I am shooting in, in. <laughs> one of my favorites. And Mike, can I just say one more thing on this? One of the best examples that I've seen of somebody sharing about faith, but not going directly from the Bible, not starting with the Bible, is C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity. Uh, I just remember reading it and thinking, man, I don't think he actually quoted the Bible in this, but he starts with what we have around us whether in creation or in human nature. And he makes a really amazing case for Christianity through that means. And it's just a good starting place, I think, for agnostics or atheists. Yeah, and he starts and he doesn't he doesn't start with the scripture. He, he right. starts by yeah, logic, reason, looking around. And so I think stories, that's a great way to do it, Will. And there's there are a lot of ways that we can can lean into general revelation. You know, another one I think of is design. So many things we just take for granted, I think, actually point to God. Right mm -hmm. now, it's we're we're at the beginning of spring, and for us, it's like, oh yeah, you know, we look at the calendar. Great, it's spring. It's it's going to warm up. We just kind of know that, and we count on that. Well, why do we know that? Right. Why can we count on that? Why can we put on our calendar? We know the seasons are going to change. Well, because there are laws in, in the way that our universe works, and all of these point to an intelligent designer. Mm -hmm. So I think you can take so many things that happen around us, whether the sun. Um, what would happen if the sun would become a little less hot? Right. Yeah, we wouldn't <laughs> be here. But there are so many things where we just say creation points to the reality of a maker. And these are good things, I think, for us to reflect on and also really valuable ways for us conversationally, maybe to be able to take things a little bit deeper, and especially with somebody who's not just going to open up a Bible. And can I can I just say, Mike, that uh, on our Ridge University podcast channel, we got a series that's coming up in June, actually. It's uh, based around big questions of faith, which was a class that we did. But it, it touches on a lot of these things, you know, thinking about does God exist and looking at creation uh you know we see we know what the bible says about god but what can we see when we look at creation and uh the existence mm -hmm. of a maker so be on the lookout for that folks if you're interested in knowing more about that mike i want to pick up on a phrase that really struck me in your message when you said and, and i quote you on this you said without god you would cease to exist without you god would still be god and I think it reminded us that God, he doesn't exist to serve us. You know, he doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't need us. And as Paul says, he gives us life, breath, and everything else. So how does this all change how we interact with God? Yeah, that's one of those things that's not very politically correct, but it's very biblical. Um, God doesn't need us. Mm. He doesn't. If we're not here, God would still be God. Um, and I think what, what it points out to me is how uh, really egocentric. Uh, it's easy to become egocentric uh, and, and think, you know, that everything really does revolve around us and what we want and what's going on in our life. When the reality is that's a very narrow view uh, of reality. There is so much more. And if we look at the, the big picture, it, it isn't so much about us. It's about God uh, and, and about him. And I think it's very important for us to recognize from time to time his greatness, his majesty, his holiness, and to just ponder that. 
to, to just reflect on um, he's he's not human. He's more than that. Uh, and to let our minds go there uh, and to spend some time thinking about that. And I think what it leads us to is, yeah, he doesn't exist just to serve me and to meet all of my needs and to to do whatever I want him to do. I exist. I've been created for him. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. I think it's an it's an amazing thing because what it does is it allows us to understand our design. Mm-hmm. And we're only going to find fulfillment in life when we do life the way we've been designed to do it. You know, we, right. we are looking for fulfillment in all different ways and don't they don't find it because there's the, the only way you're going to do that is to connect with how you've been created. Jesus put it this way. Luke nine is kind of famous words. He said, well, if anyone wants to save his life, he'll lose it. If anyone wants to lose his life for me, he'll save it. And what he's saying there is you're going to find life. You're going to find fulfillment in living the way that God has created us to live. And how is that? Well, it's serving God and serving other people. Mm. You know, we, we feel fulfilled and we feel like that we have meaning in life when we've done something for somebody else when we've helped somebody Mm. why is that well it's because that's what we've been created for right and so fulfillment is going to be found in that when we actually live the way that god has created us to live and that's not being egocentric and having everything revolve around me and meeting all my needs you're not going to find fulfillment that way you're going to find fulfillment by serving others and fulfilling what God has created us to do backwards to, to what is being communicated culturally. And I think that's why there's probably a lot of people who came to Jesus and maybe had a, a heart to follow him. But then he would say something like, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Or you talk about that, whoever loses his life will save it. And you realize that to truly live life begins with humility. Coming to the cross requires humility. It requires a recognition of our brokenness. It requires a recognition that it took for the Son of God to come and die on our behalf. Such was the such was our need. But Mike, I, I love what you're mentioning there about just pondering God's, for use of a better word, otherness. He is not like us. And Man, I mean, one of the things that I love about what Jesus has done for us is that I can be in relationship with God. Like I can know him, I can walk with him, I can be led by him. That is just wonderful, Mike. But the danger can be sometimes that we make God out to be like a peer. But then we also, to go back to earlier in our conversation, when you have to look at creation and the power of the oceans and the the magnitude of power and the sun and the billions of stars you know and all those things to suddenly realize oh my goodness you know matt redman would say when we face up to the glory of god we fall face down in worship mm-hmm. and i i think a healthy relationship with god is a balance between the friendship and the reverent fear mm-hmm. uh, fear in the the most healthy of sense and there's a lot of value in doing things like watching a sunrise or looking at the stars. And those things can get us to that place where we, I think, see some of the just immensity of who God is when we just contemplate creation. Yes. Well, Mike, we're coming up to Easter here in just a few weeks. 
So this last question is kind of geared around that. You know, the last piece of evidence that Paul brings to those in Athens is about Jesus' resurrection. And uh, the Apostle Paul himself said, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, actually, to quote him here, we're, more, we're to be pitied more than all men. I mean, he was like, yeah. so obviously very important, very central. What evidence do you think we have for this central belief in Christianity? I think one thing that's helpful to to do is to try and put ourselves in the first century, you know, to kind of go there because we're 2000 years removed and maybe Easter and the resurrection is a kind of familiar thing. People in the first century, when this happened and, and the news broke, they're intelligent people, right? You know, they weren't living in caves or that kind of thing. They hear the claim of resurrection, right? They're going to investigate this. It was a big deal. The whole city starts talking about, they all knew Jesus. They all knew about the crucifixion. This was big news. And so what do you think is going to happen when they claim there's resurrection? Everybody's going to start saying, oh, well, is that true or is it not? So they're all thinking about that. And well, the most obvious thing is, can we find the body? Hmm. Of course. They were looking everywhere and trying to figure out, well, where's the body? Uh, that, right. that was, you know, evidence number one. And so the reality that it never turned up is, is a big deal. I, I won't go fully into that because I got into to more of that during, during the message. There are others. There's a lot of other ways that are, are just point to the evidence that really did happen. I mean, one of them Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 15, there were 500 eyewitnesses that saw the resurrected Jesus. 500. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we get one or two witnesses for a court um, hearing, that's pretty overwhelming. Mm -hmm. uh, 500 eyewitnesses, and he mentions their names, and he's saying they're still alive. It, it's Paul's way of saying, go ahead and talk to them. I mean, yeah. they saw him. Um, the first witnesses of the resurrection, it's fascinating that it was the women. It was Mary. And that, you know, her testimony wouldn't hold up in court. Why would they tell us that the women were the first ones to see the resurrected Jesus? They wouldn't make that up. Mm -hmm. um, if they were making it up, it'd clearly be men. Uh, but they have women because that's what happened. Um, right. So that's fascinating. You know, the, the whole disciples when you think about uh, right after the resurrection, they weren't expecting resurrection. We find them, they're hiding, they're afraid, they're scared of the Romans, but then something happens, right? We, yeah. we turn, turn and see an Acts, and these guys are in the same city where Jesus had been crucified. They're, they're claiming, hey, you guys crucified him. He's alive. Um, the courage that they had, the change in their demeanor uh, is remarkable. And what did they have to gain? Mm. Suffering. Uh, right. that that's what happened to them you know they ended up suffering because they never relented in that belief um the church there wasn't a church you know and now here we are a couple thousand right. years later three billion people uh claim the teachings of jesus and the resurrection of jesus so you know there's something in that and i, I think probably the one that, that that's meaningful to lean in is just the stories the personal testimonies mm. uh we all know a lot of people, yeah. you included, me included, probably a lot of people that are listening who could say, well, I personally um, have a relationship with Jesus. I can speak to that. Um, yeah, there's, it's all around us. Uh, I have to say that the impact has been a big one for me when I look back over the last 2000 years. And I think whatever you say, something happened there 
that was astronomical. And it often makes me think of like the visual of a meteor site. You mm -hmm. can see the impact. I think, is there one in Mexico or there's one on the planet? It was absolutely enormous. And uh, they maybe think it's one of the ones that wiped out the dinosaurs, but that's the, besides the point. Um, but Mike, we weren't there. We don't see the meteor hit. You know, we weren't there for that. But man, we can look at the site and think, what happened here? I see the resurrection in the same way. There, those other pieces of evidence are are ring true for me, you know, that we haven't discovered uh, Jesus' body and that the disciples, they it would have been easier for them just to go into hiding and that would have been the end. But when we see the impact globally through cultures and centuries, uh, we have to really at least begin in a conversation with somebody and say, something happened there. I mean, how do you explain that? You know? <laughs> Yeah. Thanks again for your time, Mike, and for all the effort that you put into crafting these sermons. We really appreciate it. And uh, I just want to give you guys, our listeners, just a quick plug of our Ridge University podcast channel. We already mentioned it this episode, but just check that out in case you haven't. We've got a couple of uh, series of content up there already, all geared toward equipping you in your walk with the Lord. Just search Ridge University podcast and your podcast provider or find the link on our Ridge U page at ridgelife.org. So be sure to check that out. So thanks again for being with us. We hope you'll join us next time on Beyond the Sermon. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week. I want to mention one last thing before we go. Our heart at the Ridge is to help people grow in their relationship with God. There are so many ways to get connected into what can be life-changing environments for you and your family. The best way to keep in touch with all that is happening is through our website, ridgelife.org, but also through our weekly e-news. You can sign up to receive this directly to your inbox using the link in our podcast show notes. Finally, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to share with friends or family. We hope to catch you next time on Beyond the Sermon.